Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Again, it's an honor. Again, Happy New Year as we continue on through this first week of 2023 with us, uh, our dear friend Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning from El Paso. We had snow this morning. Glory to God. You know that, and it's that <laughs> dusty snow usually out there in El Paso that that fine. I loved El Paso in our time there. I'm not sure Debbie loved it very much. She had, and you know, for good reason. I mean, she has an appendectomy while pregnant with our son, Daniel. And I, I oh, get uh, mononucleosis and pass out in the army. I mean, we're going through the Sergeant Major's Academy. It was tough times, but I got to tell you, you know, the church where you're staying now, uh, Hillcrest Baptist Church and Pastor Bob Stewart at the time, those folks were great to us and loved us. And, and brother, I'll tell you, those 30 years have went by in the blink of an eye. And, uh, and man, how I loved, uh, my time there and, uh, just, just great folks. I'm so glad you're willing to be out there and work with our military men and women and a base almost, uh, totally composed of air defense artilleries and leadership schools and new weaponry. And there's foreign military there. And, and, uh, what an open door if you can get in there and pray for Kevin as you hear this, cause he's out somewhere Every week, every time we're on here, we're talking to him somewhere else where he's totally tuned in, totally wired, and uh, 100% focused on reaching our military men and women. So keep him in your prayer. And um, glad you're with us. And so the word of the day is snare. And uh, you know the word snare originally in, in a dictionary form, it's just a trap. You know, we, I, I can remember they had bird snares when I was a kid. They used to catch the pigeons and the doves up there in Connecticut and things like that. And, and, and these traps are set up to ensnare something, to catch something. And uh, I, I'm, thinking, uh, I, I'm thinking here, I'm looking at different verses, and I remember, let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap over there in Psalms saying, hey, these knuckleheads. And, and Psalm 91, surely he will deliver thee. This is the other side of that. Surely he will deliver thee, us, the righteous, those people who serve God, the saved people, from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Uh, I love that. I'm delivered from that. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him back in Exodus 10, 7, uh, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord our God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And, uh, and, and folks, when God uses the word snare, as I was trying to point out there, and we see it in his word, it's a trap. And uh, uh, snare is not a good thing. It's trapping people. We're the opposite of trapping people. Uh, we're, we don't want to trap people. We, we're not a religion. We're a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're selling out for God's word, looking out for people, taking care of one another. Now, when you see that word snare, Kevin, what are you thinking of? Yeah, I think of gotcha. Mm. I think of the, the devil setting, you know, at the end of every 
every pleasurable season that comes with, uh, like it says in Hebrews, sin is pleasure for a season. At the end of that season, there's usually a snare. The fear of man brings a snare. Um, wicked people bring the city, you know, scornful men bring a city into a snare. Uh, there's just different things in the scriptures that are identified as <clears throat> ending in a snare. And so, you, you know, I, I think that wisdom would tell us that we need to uh, not not uh we need to always consider that you know there's there's going to be ramifications what's what's going to take place is, is this going to end in a snare you know uh, i think it talks about a whorish woman or something being a snare yeah so you know it's just the idea of gotcha it's always so, yeah. bad yeah yeah i remember a guy years ago uh we, we were friends back in the mid 80s and a guy got out of the army the army really changed his life uh, I'd gone to high school with him, and and, he, and I wasn't friends with him, but he, I, I bought some rims off of him for my '72 Nova, Praise my Raleigh God. Nova. Was it were they Krager <laughs> rims? Uh, they were Krager S. Hey man, all right, brother, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah, so he he went into the army, and he came out a different person, and he had gotten saved, and he started coming to our church. I said, "Wow, it's Tony. Tony's coming to our church," but um, he uh, he had he had married into a situation where he uh, it was he did not regard um the future of what it would be like to be with this person and like i've heard you say doug that it's better to be single wishing you're married than to be married wishing you were single and unfortunately his marriage did not end well and and uh and he was divorced not real long after but i i looking back at him i'm thinking that he met his girl in the pool hall and as he's shooting pool, he's this, you know, muscular guy that just get out of the army and she's there saying, I want this guy. And so she, she drew him in with, with her physical looks. And, and, uh, I think they were both lost at the time, but <clears throat> he, uh, he, he went after her as a snare goes to the fowler. You know, he went after the looks, but, you know, he ended up with an overbearing matriarchal thing. And he ended up being a, a, a great army guy who was now a mouse, basically living in the corner of his housetop when he was at home. You know, yeah. the kind of guy that, that has to live in a man house. cave. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking with snare is. You know, it's a it's a failure to look at the ramifications. It's of the a decision. trap, folks. Yeah, and so uh, moving forward on funny story days as we continue to go on, I was thinking about being in Korea, the country in Asia, and uh, I was filling in for a mission. One of the great missionaries of, of my life, a fellow named David Russell, was planted uh, with me when I, when he worked for me when I was with Armed Forces Baptist Missions. Uh, I think he planted four churches he was on his fourth church all of them good all of them doing really well and I went to fill in for him if I remember right he had a family member real ill or who had just passed away and and so I flew over to Korea and I was filling in. I was actually staying in his apartment and while I was there one of our missionaries from the other side of Korea uh Kunsan called me up and and said hey you know brother Doug why don't you come over and visit me with a couple days before church on Wednesday night so I woke up on Monday morning and I went running out of the apartment because I locked everything down and stuff. And for some reason, I went to catch a cab 
because I was running over to the airport in Tegu. And as I came out, I said, you know, I'm going to take my computer. And that was back in a time that I wasn't really all that computer literate. But I said, I better grab my computer. So I ran upstairs. I grabbed, I had an old uh, gateway and uh, that, that my church, my sending church in Germany had bought for me. And I went up and I grabbed that and I ran over to Kuntzahn. I came back two days later and the house had been broken into. And uh, sadly, they stole the TV. They did some things. It's like they knew I wasn't there anymore. And so, you know, we called the police and somehow the military police got called. It was right outside the gate there at the base. It was no more than a hundred yards from the base. And, and, um, I remember that they called me and we were trying, I told David, they didn't steal everything. You know, they just went after electronic stuff. It was just terrible. But I, I remember that the, the police called me and they said, we need to meet you at your apartment. We have a picture, we have fingerprints and we have a picture of the person who stole everything. We're pretty certain. And we want to see if you've seen this man, he's an American. And I said, yeah, I want to see that. And brother, they walked in and they opened up a folder and they handed me a picture of myself, my my DOD picture. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I said, excuse me, Barney Fife. Look at that picture and look at me. I mean, that's me. And, and they had they 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 were getting ready to put out like this worldwide APB on me on my passport and everything. And I'm like, fellas, that's me. I was at Kuntzahn, and uh, I'm the one who called you guys. And I mean, just stupid things that happen to you. They never caught the guy, but David and his sweet wife were sure that there were people out there working on the house and you get this sense, you know, when you live there and you know, people just the way they looked at it and stuff, they were pretty sure that they knew I had left for a few days and uh, they came over and I was back on Wednesday night. So anyway, it's your turn, brother. Yeah. Missionaries live in fish bowls and um, I'm thinking about a fishbowl experience and I try to make our kids not feel when, when they were at home, they're all grown up, but make them feel like they're not <clears throat> in a fishbowl, but, Really, they were. And so we showed up at a church in Michigan. We drove all night. We got there pretty early in the morning. And I'm thinking, we're just going to park and someone's going to let us into Prophet's Chamber. We're going to get set up. <clears throat> and um, anyway, when, when we got there, the sliding door of our van, so the kids were all under blankets and their heads were on pillows. They were asleep because they slept fitfully through the night. And uh, the sliding door of the van suddenly of our Honda Odyssey suddenly slid open. The pastor's wife is standing there with some girls from the church, and she's pulling the blankets up off her kids and say, look, these are missionaries, everybody. Look look at this girl. She's cute, isn't she? And I'm thinking, ma'am. Ma'am, please, please, this is not good for the kids. But yeah, that's that's my story. Is a fishbowl on steroids? That was oh. uh, that was the worst. Yeah, and folks, I want you to know that's a reality when you do what we do, and uh, it's just a reality. What a funny story! And boy, your kids will get messed up out there. You got you kind of got to keep an eye on them. Hey, hang with us. We're just going to go ahead and let these broadcast people do what they need to do. We'll be right back.
Well, we continue on in the 29th proverb, Brother Kevin. We're moving on. We're on uh, verse number 8. It says, Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. And, uh, you know, and we, we see that. And, boy, these, these scornful people, these... Uh, did we do the word of the We did do the word of the day. Yes, we did. I'm sorry. Yeah, See, that's, yeah, folks, I'll tell you, they can say what they want about people smoking marijuana, but I'm telling you, man, it, years later, it messes with your brain. Uh, but, you know, we're looking at that verse, and, and what's coming to my mind there is, boy, these people who are scornful, they're mockers, they're terrible people, they, you know, they, they can, they can set, set a city into craziness or bring a city into a snare, trap them. But a wise man turneth away those bad things. A righteous man, a wise person, somebody who thinks about the ramifications, someone who thinks about the poor, as we read a little while ago, somebody who puts others' needs ahead of themselves. You know, isn't that what Christianity is all about, Kevin, is placing other people ahead of you. You're not number one. And uh, I think that's so important. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, the verse there is talking just about that is <clears throat> if you're, uh, if you're in charge of a city and you're, you got a beef with someone and you're just kind of scornful, uh, about something. And we, we mentioned, I don't know, it was yesterday or the day before we mentioned, uh, Nabal, Nabal was a scornful man. He's like, who does David think he is? A lot of men, run, there's a lot of servants that escape from their master these days, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not going to give him anything. So a, a scornful person thinks only about himself. His opinion matters, how he looks and other people. He always wants to come out looking like the big dog in every situation. And it, it's not about other, you know, it, it should be about other people, you know, servant leadership is if you're in charge of a city, uh, rather than being a scornful person, if you're in charge of a family, if you've got a particular beef about someone, you know, I'm thinking about right now, a scorner, I'm thinking about a situation where there is a scorner at the, at, you know, who's, who's ahead of a family and that scorner just, uh, he's bitter about you know, he got hurt in church. So he's scornful about church. He's scornful about the, you know, the things of, of God and about Bible believing Christianity. And he's just, he's all about trying to make those guys look worse than they are, throw the baby out with the bathwater, <clears throat> you know, if, you know, just make, make Christians look like jerks Yeah. and, and, and any little scandal, he's going to put it, you know, put it out there. And uh, the problem with that is that if you've got a beef, if you've got a problem that you've had in your life, you've got to deal with that and God and that person and that, that you've got to deal with it directly. But if you, if you come across with this attitude, it's just going to ruin everyone under you. And, you know, uh, Brother Doug, I'm thinking about even as a church. I remember uh, my family used to sing at a camp meeting at a church years ago in, in Arkansas, many years ago, like decades ago. And the, I don't even think the church exists anymore. But we would go there, and there was someone that was in that church who was in charge of um, the camp meeting. <clears throat> and the guy that was in charge of the camp meeting was the pastor's son. Well, the pastor's son really had a beef about the way 
church people over the years treated his dad. And one time uh, his dad did get, you know, unfairly treated about something and it was wrong and it was evil. Well, he had never let go of that. And so he made that camp meeting into an opportunity to invite preachers in the meanest little preachers. Uh, I've never seen a lineup like it. And anyone that was ever there knows uh, how toxic that group was. The arguing between preachers, the one-upping, the following the man that just preached and correcting him. And so this young man projected his scorn into that camp meeting and he made it into like, oh yeah, boxing match. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. And it ruined that church. It ruined the meeting. Uh, I'm thinking of a young airman in that church who had surrendered to work with the military, but uh, now his wife and his family's all busted up. It just uh, was an awful situation. And to me, it's a textbook case that we that are in charge had better not uh, project some hurt that we have as scorn on on someone else. We should, if we can't respect someone enough to say, "Hey, I want the best for them, and I, I wish you well, my friend. God bless you. We're going two different paths, and go on with the joy of the Lord, and let that alone." Then, uh, then we're going to hurt people. Yeah. That's, that's where it's at. And folks, we're not part of that crowd and we don't want to be. And it says here in in verse number nine, it says, if a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he by rage or laugh, there is no rest. And, and so, you know, you almost get this idea, you know, like a courtroom or something like that. And, you know, trying to or, or even more so just, you know, when a wise man goes at it with a fool and we've read this over and over again, uh, throughout our time studying Proverbs and stuff, there's going to be, you know, it's like going in a pig pen, you're coming out smelling like a pig and there's going to be ranting and raving. There's going to be craziness. The verse says, whether there be rage or laugh, there is no rest. And the reason there's no rest is because, you know, the wise man, you, you fall down to the estate of the lowest person involved. When you're on the low road, it doesn't matter if you live on the high road. When you drop down to the low road, you're with the low road things. And uh, I think that's what God's trying to tell us here is we, you know, we live in a different area code than that. And I, the reason I read this verse right after Kevin, because it's kind of what exactly what he was talking about. We don't, we don't ride the road where uh, the road of contention, the road of fighting, the road of one-upping, the road of, of hatefulness, the road of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We live the road of love and, and, and caring. And, uh, I mean, Kevin, I, 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 you can almost draw these conclusions to what you were saying to this exact verse here, how God brought that together and said, hey, you know, a wise man don't go down the foolish road. We don't do that. Yeah, That's good. That's a very good point that, that goes right there. <clears throat> you know, we're just, if, if, we in, if we indeed are trying to be wise, we should make it a point to avoid contending, you know, don't argue with a foolish person. I remember going out door knocking in Ocean Springs, uh, Mississippi, and the guy that I went door knocking with, 
was a wise man, but he let himself get involved in a debate with someone who was a scorner. And the scorner was like, yeah, well, I knew a preacher who was this way. And, and as far as I know, there's no God. Science just proves this. And, and that guy just was so personally offended. The guy that I was knocking doors with, the Christian, was so personally offended that he, um, that he just got into it with the guy and, and tried to set him straight. And honestly, the guy, he laughed. He just laughed. And uh, the Bible says if he, if he gets mad, if he rages, or if he laughs, that's, it's, neither response is going to be a restful situation. You know, the Bible says when you go on door to door, if the son of peace, if the son of peace be there, let your peace remain there. And if not, let your peace, let your peace return to you. So when I'm talking to people that are, you know, that are without God, if, if God's peace is on it, that means God's dealing with the guy. But if God's peace is not on me, in other words, if I'm feeling offended at something they're saying, that's sure enough a sign it should be that God is not dealing with that guy. And it's time to just vamoose yeah. out of there and, and yeah, the peace of God. Right, right. And I understand there's legal things that you, you may have to hire a lawyer for against somebody who's a non-Christian. But this is just having an argument, having exactly what Kevin's talking about, you know, getting involved with a debate with a knucklehead. There, There's no winning. And uh, all it does is when you're on that low road, you just pick up all the low road stuff, you know, and you pick up when you go into that pig pen, you come out smelling like a pig. I hate to use those expressions we're so familiar with, but the reality is that's kind of what happens. And, and like you were saying, brother, I remember in the army, these guys who would go uh, try to make somebody be the way they were instead of doing it during active duty time and stuff. You know, half these people got in trouble. It was about pride. And uh, it was about, again, uh, you know, we're, we're called to liberty. We're called to reach these people with the gospel of Christ. And we're not going to do that trying to one-up people or, or getting in an argument with a guy who's a knucklehead or a girl. It just doesn't work. And so sometimes you got to say, no more. You know, I'm not doing this, and uh, I'm not going to be part of that. Uh, I was talking to somebody at church here the other day a while back, and and, and this particular person was being harassed in the workplace uh, by a, a fellow employee. And, you know, she had only worked at this major corporation here in town for, I don't know, six or seven months. It's a place where everybody wants to work. You know, it's an automotive plant or whatever. But she reached a point, and so she had said something to me and I think her brother, and I told her, you know, we got to trust. Um we, we got to trust in the bosses and authorities and we got to trust God. And so she literally went in and told her boss, Hey, you know, this particular person has been hurting me and these type of things, making the workplace a really hard time. And I don't feel safe. And the boss said, you know, I sent something like that, but because you never said anything. So they immediately counseled the other person and they moved the lady from church to another crew. And, uh, I, and, and boy, her life is completely different. And again, it's, she, she said, you know, I contended with this person. I was going to argue with this person, but I realized it wasn't a place that I should be. And folks, that's what we need to realize. Well, we sure do love you. We're thankful that you come out and listen to us. You're part of uh, our, our little crowd here in our community. If we can do anything to help you, Doug at woundedspirits.com. Uh, 
Helps the Wounded Spirits Facebook page. And you guys all know Kevin, R-A-U-B, Rob. We sure do love you. May God bless you. Listen to every word Brother Eric's going to tell you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.